Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. Coming up, we have uh, football and football to talk about. Talk some college football, IU, Notre Dame, high school football with Paul Condry. That's all coming up right now, though. He is the star of our show because he has all the scores and all the information. It's Network Indiana's Eddie Garrett. Tomorrow afternoon, the Indianapolis Colts will go to Baltimore to take on the Ravens for week three of the NFL season. Indianapolis is 1-1. One one. Baltimore is 2-0. and oh. The quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens is Lamar Jackson. The Colts' defense will have their hands full of with having to contain him all afternoon long, here's Shane Steichen talking about the former MVP. He's one of the premier quarterbacks in this league. Um, he can throw it really well, and he can create those big plays with his feet. I think as a runner, uh, he's just so shifty and elusive. You know what I mean? Uh, when he's out in the open field, he's got that quick, titch, uh, t- quick twitch about him You know, to make guys miss. He's a heck of a football player. So we just got to be on the details defensively, uh, know where he's at, make sure we're prepared from a game plan standpoint to be ready to go on the defensive side baltimore is stout every single year it seems like jim bob cooter talks about that baltimore defense yeah baltimore you know baltimore's been 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 a really good defense since i since i can remember in the nfl right probably since 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 i don't know going way back right they've been really good they've 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 done it in different ways over the years they've done it with different defensive coordinators and different strengths and weaknesses um, but but you can always kind of count on them to 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 push you and to stress you mentally to really make you work. So yeah, Baltimore Baltimore's always been a challenge on defense. That is absolutely still true. Those guys are playing really good football. Obviously, winning football this year so far, and uh, we got our we got our work cut out for us. But that's uh, that's what they pay us for. We're here. We're we're working. We're going to put put together a good plan and go go try to get after them. Offensively, the Colts will have Gardner Minshew, the veteran backup, in because Anthony Richardson could not clear concussion protocol in time for tomorrow's game. Gardner Minshew came in relief for Richardson last week in their win over the Houston Texans. Here's the Colts head coach talking about. Sh- Gardner Minshew and how adv- advantageous it is having a guy like him. I think anytime uh, you have a backup quarterback, I think one of the big things for myself personally that I look at is can a guy come in and play on limited reps throughout the week and be prepared the way he does and that's what he does and that's the type of guy he is um, but it's huge to have him. I mean big, de- big time to have him. Obviously you guys saw what he did on Sunday. Richardson is one of two players the Colts have already ruled out the other being their center Ryan Kelly Quentin Nelson is questionable Kenny Moore is questionable and so is 
Dallas Flowers. Baltimore, they will be without seven starters. Marlon Humphrey, a cornerback. Tyler Linderbaum, a center. Ronnie Stanley, an offensive tackle, specifically their left tackle, and one of their star safeties in Marcus Williams. Those are just a couple of the seven players Baltimore has already declared out. Kickoff tomorrow between the Colts and the Ravens is at 1 o'clock Eastern. You can catch all the action on CBS. College football action right now. Notre Dame, they have the ball deep in Ohio State territory once again. Ten and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. And Notre Dame has it at the Ohio State 16-yard line as they trail 10-7. The Indiana Hoosiers and the Akron Zips are in action from Bloomington. There is seven minutes left in the third period in Akron. They lead the Hoosiers 10-7. They got a touchdown on their first drive to start the third quarter. Earlier this afternoon, the Ball State Cardinals fall to the Georgia Southern Eagles at home 40-3. to Those only three points for Ball State came with seven minutes to go to prevent the shutout. The Cincinnati Reds, they just went final with the Pittsburgh Pirates at Great American Ballpark, and the Reds lose to the Pirates 13-12. to Yes, Cincinnati jumped out ahead after three innings, nine to nothing. And Pittsburgh quickly answered. They scored 13 unanswered. Reds fall short in the bottom of the ninth, 13 to 12. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Sign up today to help lives in the future. Anyone can sign up. No age limits, no health restrictions to sign up to be an organ donor. Every 10 minutes, someone is added to the donor transplant waiting list. There are more than 1,000 Hoosiers waiting for a life-saving organ transplant. By signing up to be an organ and tissue donor, you can help save eight lives and heal 75 others. So go to their website, please. It's drive and the number driven and the number two save lives dot org. Uh, uh, Elijah, I'm sorry. I missed what you told me. Howard Kelman joins me. The Hall of Fame voice of the Indianapolis Indians. And before we talk about the game tonight, congratulations on being uh, picked to do a game uh, on the Yankees radio network. Give me the details on this great honor, Howard. Thank you, Bob. Well, last year, by the way, I did one also. I called one for the Yankees in Tampa, and my first call after the game was to you because it was a Friday night. I don't yeah. know if you remember that, but we spoke. Right. I do remember. Uh, the, yeah. Game, yeah. the game I'll be calling will be in Kansas City on Friday for the Yankees on their radio network, and it's an 8-10 Eastern time start. So I'll either call you after the game if there's time or I'll talk to you about it on Saturday. Well, I, I mean, I think it'd be great if you went out and celebrated, in, you know, in Manhattan. <laughs> well, the game's after in the Kansas game. City, though. Well, but game, still, game, I mean, you know, go out, go out and go to the country club district in Kansas City and celebrate there. Just have some fun after doing this. That'd be great. That'd be a I lot think it's of fantastic. Fun. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun doing the game last year, and I look forward to this. And there's a nice Indianapolis-Indian connection with the Yankees, Bob, because Aaron Boone, their manager, played for us. And right, right. Their, their uh, hitting coach, Sean Casey, played for us. 
and their star pitcher, Garrett Cole, who probably will win the Cy Young Award, pitched for us, and their closer, Clay Holmes, pitched for us too. Well, you have great familiarity with those guys. That's going to be fun. And so I think it's great that they uh, they recognize something we've known for years in, in Indiana, and that is you are truly uh, a treasure in what you do. And um, there's a reason why you're in the Hall of Fame, for heaven's sakes. I'm happy for you. All right, let's talk, let's talk Indians. They play Rochester tonight. Rochester wins this one 7-4. Uh, you know, Rochester scoring seven runs on six hits that does not sound good no there were a couple of home runs the big one by matt adams came in the 11th inning here what was crazy bob the indians tied the game up and they were down to their final out they had a man on first and one out in the bottom of the ninth down by a run a ground ball to short they go to second for a force there's your second out but the throw to first is very high and wild. Mm. And then it kicks mm. off a railing and starts to roll mm. down the right field line. So our guy who hit the ball and is running, he's going to try to go all the way to third base. Well, the catcher right, picks right. up the ball, and he throws it wildly way over third base. So a little league <laughs> home run, the guy scores. we got a tie game. Oh, my. Oh, my. And guys get paid for this. That's the idea, too. That's <laughs> so, AAA baseball. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, you wrap it up tomorrow. Is that the is that the final? Is that the finale? Yes. Max Cranick will be on the hill for the Indians. Final game. Indians would like to win it. It would give them a 500 record for the second half right. of the season. And uh, the fans were out there again tonight, Bob. Ninety four hundred. We do have plenty of good tickets available for tomorrow's game. One more chance to buy Howard's book, 61 Humorous and Inspiring Lessons I Learned from Baseball. Again, congratulations on the Yankees gig. Couldn't happen to a better guy. very deserving opportunity for you. I know you're going to have fun, and hopefully we'll be talking about it next Friday night. Howard, thanks so much for the call. Enjoy the weekend, and good luck next Friday. Bob, as always, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. You know, that, I think that is so cool. Yankees Network going to let him do a game. Howard's done it for 30-plus years on the Indians, and um, that's good stuff. All right, scoreboard update coming up with Eddie Garrison. We'll give you an update on Ohio State, Notre Dame, Akron, and IU. Uh, run through small college, lots of games. We're going to talk about some of these our, ourselves coming up tonight. Later on, we'll talk with Paul Condry about high school football. Week number six is in the books. We'll talk about it and look ahead to week number seven. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Update from South Bend, Notre Dame leading Ohio State 14-10 since the last scoreboard update, 8-20 to go in the fourth quarter. Sam Hartman connected on a touchdown pass, his first touchdown pass of the game. He has been pretty good passing the football, 15-22, 171 yards. Rico Flores Jr., the tight end, was the recipient of the touchdown pass. Ohio State, though, 
They are driving, and they are about to score potentially here. They're at the Notre Dame 11. It'll be third down and one. The big play of the drive, third and five, Kyle McCord hit Xavier Johnson, not the IU point guard, the wide receiver for Ohio State, for 40 yards on third and five. Blitz by Notre Dame, left Johnson wide open, and it was just a busted coverage for the Fighting Irish. 40 yards on that play, and then Kyle McCord on first and 15. He was trying to get it to Travion Henderson near the goal line. Pass interference on Notre Dame that gave... Ohio State, a fresh set of downs at Notre Dame's 20. But nonetheless, right now it's 31 for Ohio State. Less than eight minutes to go in the final quarter of play. Indiana Hoosiers, they are back on top against the Akron Zips. 14-10 to 10 is the score. IU just scored. And not good news for Akron. Their quarterback went down. He is DJ Irons. He's been a primary source of their offense, 177 yards through the air. He has their only touchdown, and that's on the ground. He's contributed with 68 rushing yards. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Song. Hey, Eddie Garrison. So, uh, Notre Dame, uh, this game's getting interesting, is it not? It is. Got to keep them out of the end now. zone, though. Got to yeah. try to so somehow keep them out of the end zone. You know, you got to give up a field goal, but keep them out of the end zone. So, how much time is left? So, there's four minutes left. Ohio State has the ball. It's fourth down and one for the Buckeyes on the Notre, uh, the Notre Dame 11, but it's pretty much the 10-and-a-half-yard line, so they've got to get a half a yard on fourth and inches. Mm. Uh, Notre Dame leading 14-10, to 10, 4.17 to go. Notre Dame leading 14-10, to 4.10 to go. Sounds like a great game. The second half has been a lot better than the first half. Yeah. Okay. Yikes. All right. Akron and IU. Thank goodness IU's ahead. How much time's left in that game? Three and a half in the third. So they've still got a whole okay. fourth quarter to play. Okay. All right. So the other good news of the day, the University of Indianapolis Greyhounds. Very impressive win at Saginaw Valley, 39-20. Good conference win for the Greyhounds. Yes, uh, nice road win. Their first road win of the season. Uh, Gavin right. Sukup, their quarterback, 232 yards through the year, three passing touchdowns, and uh, the UND defense uh, held Saginaw Valley to two yards per carry. So nice all-around performance from both sides of the football. Complimentary football, as Coach Keepers would say. Well, look, they're good. Chris is a great coach. They're good. And um, Notre Dame just got just the stop on fourth down, so the Ohio State <laughs> Buckeyes just turned it over on downs. 4-12 to go, and Notre Dame has the football. Okay, there's a lot of time, everyone. Uh-huh. But but I like where they are, clearly. We, we like the fact that they uh, have the ball, got the stop, Um so what what did what did uh, Ohio State try to do on the fourth down? Try to run? No, they tried a screen pass uh, to their leading receiver in the game, Emeka Abuka. That was a screen uh-huh. to the right, and Ohio State was just a or not Ohio State, but Notre Dame was able to get get around the right. blocker. They had a screen. They had a wide receiver out there trying to set the edge for Abuka to get around, and somebody for Notre Dame was able to come away with the stop to prevent Abuka from getting the first down. Outstanding. 
Outstanding. So we're going to hear from Lynn Clark uh, a little bit later on uh, after this game is over. Uh, we'll also get a report out of Bloomington on the Akron and IU game. Um, so Eddie, small college, had some people off. Um, you know, Roosevelt, uh, Indiana Wesleyan, that was a game that was played. But there were a whole lot of teams off this weekend. Wabash continues to roll with a big 59-6 win over Oberlin in conference play. Uh, so everything will resume next week. And uh, did you you didn't do a game last night, a high school game, did you? I did. I had a game last night. I did. Yes. Uh, I worked with Brad Huber last night. We had Franklin Central Noblesville. And let me get. Let me tell oh, you, yeah. that yeah. game was chaotic. It was it was bonkers. So Franklin Central has the ball. It's like fourth and twelve. So this is in like the final three minutes or so. This is how the final of the game plays out. Franklin Central has the ball on fourth and twelve. They have it at. Uh, Noblesville's 15. They throw an interception. Uh, the defensive back for Noblesville intercepts it, and he's not in the in the end zone. He's just at the goal line. So he works his way out probably by like a half mm-hmm. a yard. So they're at the half-yard line, and Noblesville mm-hmm. runs the wing team much like Navy. Uh, so two plays later, Noblesville fumbles at, the, uh, at their own nine-yard line. Two plays later, Franklin Central comes back and ties it up uh, in regulation at 21 apiece. Uh, so there's about a little over 90 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Nobazil has the ball. They get a big a big run on their first play. They get all the way down for a potential game-winning 39-yard field goal, and the kicker hooks it left. So we go into oh. overtime. Franklin Central gets the ball first. <laughs> they score. Right. They get the PAT, and then Nobazil right. scores. Right. They decide to go for two to go for the win, and he's and probably just like two inches yeah. short. So Franklin Central was able to win that one, 28-27. Yeah, I mean, Brad called last night, and, and it sounded to me like it was you know, one of those – Yeah, obviously, if you're, you're if you're on the winning side, it was one of those great games, and it just seemed like there was – as you said – uh, there was something. There was there were changes. There were changes of possession, uh, all kinds of opportunities, and it, it's a fun Friday night. Now, what do you have Friday night? You have another game this Friday. Uh, I've got North Central and Lawrence Central. Okay, so you got the Centrals. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. All right, what time's the game tomorrow? Colts is it a one o'clock start? Yes, one o'clock on CBS. One o'clock start. Tropical cyclone rolling in. And um, so th- there's no way – they'll play this game, right? Yeah. I'm starting yeah. to think of, of, of like a college situation. If it, but, but Tropical Cyclone seems to be bad, and it's, and it's inching its way up the East Coast, correct? So the, the storm itself is going to hit probably the Carolinas, and then once it worked its way up to like the Baltimore-Maryland area, it's pretty much just going right. to be just like a, 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 just a rainstorm, essentially. Hmm. Um, they're oh, expecting okay. just right. a couple up to a couple inches of rain, but it's supposed to be steady rain throughout the entirety of the of the game tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, that's manageable. So you know it it will have dissipated in terms of its strength by the time it gets there. That's yeah. good. Yeah, and allows allows them to play. You ever been to Baltimore? I have not. Have you? Yeah, I had a uh, I had a connecting flight. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so that's, that's all extent. you had. I, I listen. I know the my wife and I know the airport. We we were doing the. Uh, we were doing the all-out sprint through the airport <laughs> to catch a connector, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. like an home alone. Oh, I swear to God, you know, we we is one is one of those things where 
we seldom in favor uh, to have to, we won't go if if there's we only we tr- we go to Florida obviously a lot because of our daughter. Um, we're we're only on directs. We won't take. We, we, I refuse to change uh, to change plans. Just don't do it. And we got get caught in a situation where um, I think our daughter made those reservations in. Um, she didn't understand what was happening, and so we just—I mean, literally—we're uh, we're out of—we're out of breath by the time we get to the gate, and uh, we made it. Everything is good, but it's just one of those things. I've—I've I've never actually been. I, I have some friends who've been love it, say a lot of good things about it, uh, but but I'm still trying to handle the conversation you and I had earlier that Baltimore has seven starters out. That, that's yeah. just—that's. Um, I don't I mean that, that's a lot. Uh and it's the seven starters on a team that's pretty good. Uh-huh. And, and you talked about it earlier that, that they they have been able to absorb some of these things but seven at one time irrespective of what you're dealing with that's that's major and some of their really key guys too. Yeah, just to highlight this last week against Cincinnati they were missing about five of those starters so they added two more to the injury report oh, one my. of those being uh, Justice Hill their running back of course JK Dobbins uh right. he, I believe he ruptured yeah he ruptured his Achilles week 1 for Baltimore but and then uh Odell Beckham Jr is the other player that they lost last week in the middle of the game of course one of their wide receivers but they're missing an all-pro safety and Marcus Williams an all-pro left tackle and Ronnie Stanley mm-hmm. and, a, and I think a pro bowler center and Tyler Linderbaum who's one of the better centers in all of the National Football League uh they're missing one of their better linebackers Odafe Owe Marlon Humphrey he's an all-pro cornerback he is also out so a lot of talented players are going to be out for Baltimore, but that didn't stop them last week against Cincinnati. I I understand the Bengals are struggling, but they still have one of the more explosive offenses in all sure. the NFL. Sure. They were able to squeak out a win last week, so the uh, Colts will still have their hands full with a uh, with a Baltimore team that's always tough to beat, and especially in Baltimore. That's Eddie Garrison. He's coming up soon with another scoreboard update. He'll. Uh, do we have a final at Notre Dame? Have they wrapped it up yet? They are not final yet. Uh, there's about two and a half minutes remaining in this one, and Notre Dame just had a broken play, and it's second down and 15 now. They've been able to get a couple first downs. Uh, right. Ohio State has one timeout left, but second and 15 for the Fighting Irish. There's about two and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Got to move the chains. Got to move the chains. Thanks, Eddie. Eddie's coming up in a couple of minutes with a, another scoreboard update. I want to remind everybody – that uh, Paul Condry will be joining us uh, later on tonight in the 11 o'clock hour. We're talking about high school football. Paul and I will be doing the pairing show coming up on October the 8th on many of these same stations around the great state of Indiana. So be ready for that. Scoreboard update coming up on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. So an update from Notre Dame, 14 to 10. 86 seconds left, and Ohio State takes over on offense. Notre Dame elects to go for a pass play on second and 15. It's incomplete, so Ohio State did not have to burn a timeout. On third down, they were able to get a couple of yards. Ohio State elected not to use their final timeout, and they take over the football with a minute 26 to go at their own 35-yard line. Trailing by four action is on NBC, if you are curious. They're in the fourth quarter now in Bloomington. 
between the Hoosiers and the Zips of Akron, 14 to 10, and Indiana is leading. 14 to 10 and more importantly Taven Jackson has struggled to pass the football 6 of 16 he has an interception for just 124 yards I use rushing attack not doing well either 51 yards on 22 attempts that's an average of 2.3 yards per carry their defense has come up big on multiple occasions tonight some baseball scores to highlight the Cincinnati Reds Pittsburgh Pirates Pirates got the Reds yesterday, 7-5. They got the Reds again today in a game where the teams combined to score 25 runs. Pittsburgh, 13. Cincinnati, 12. The Reds were leading 9-0. And in the last 50 years, teams leading 9-0 were 350-0. Now 350-1 after the Reds fall to the Pirates, 13-12. For Network Indiana Sports... I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Eddie, say that again. The Red three hundred. How many games? So in the last 50 seasons, a team leading by nine runs was 350 and zero. The Reds were leading by nine and they lost 13 to 12. Oh, 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 no. And what makes it worse, Coach? All 13 of those runs for Pittsburgh, unanswered. Right. Oh. 13 consecutive. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So, you know, I I feel you, Reds fans. I, I, I understand your pain on a night like that. That is a staggering statistic. Uh huh. And 350. Cincinnati oh. was down 13 to uh, 11 going into the bottom of the ninth inning. Runners on second and third, no outs. Right. They get one run. And, oh, my. Well, that's it. Baseball, I know you, you love it. Are, are you a Reds fan? Or were you until tonight? Or uh, are you? I forget. I, I stick with him through thick and thin over the last handful of seasons. If you've gone through what I've gone through the last couple of years with the right. Reds, then and you can still consider yourself a fan yesterday, I think you right. still consider right. yourself a fan tonight. That's Eddie Garrison, long-suffering Reds fan. <laughs> and it, it continues. All right. Greg Rakestraw joins us from the ISC Sports Network, and he's part of the Colts Radio Network. Mr. Rakestraw, thanks so much for the call. Let's talk about the Colts and the um, cyclone, the, uh, the the monsoon or typhoon or whatever is rolling up the East Coast. The Colts taking on Baltimore tomorrow afternoon. You know, the Colts have played in something like this two years ago. There has been such turnover on the roster. I'm not sure how many guys have experienced this, but if you think back to the Sunday night (laughs) game in San Francisco, um, those it it wasn't anything that was tropical. I forget exactly what they referred to it as, but basically – Whatever the weather system was in Santa Clara, then it was taking water straight from the Pacific Ocean and dropping it uh, on this on the south right. end of the bay. Um, so the Colts have experienced something like this before. Um, the way that they ran the football last week, hopefully that translates. 
But uh, we could see some strange things tomorrow afternoon. What I would say is this, Bob. Usually when the when the weather is bad, it brings the team that maybe is the underdog a little bit more into the mix, and that would be the Colts going into tomorrow's game. So who knows what we'll see uh, tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's a great point. I mean, not that you don't make great points most of the time, which you do, but it's a particularly good point, and I don't think a lot of people understand that weather can be the equalizer. I mean, it it, it does uh, limit what both teams can do, and it draws these teams even closer in terms of their capabilities. I think it's a great point, and um, you, you would obviously have question marks about your ground game, um, but there are reasons to be optimistic, I think, uh, with this Colts team. And uh, I, I like the fact that you're just going to be able to just slug it out, literally slug it out at the line of scrimmage and find out who the better team is. Now, let's face it, you know, you'd like to have maybe the more of the running quarterback available in Anthony Richardson. Yeah. The flip side of that is give me a guy that is in his, you know, fifth year in the league. Actually, maybe even longer at this point for Gardner Minshew. But give me a guy that is the more experienced guy, and that is clearly Minshew on this roster since he's the starter. Sam Ellinger is the backup tomorrow. So, yeah, you'd like to have that sort of the quarterback run in weather conditions like that. But let's see if that gets trumped by the guy who's making his 25th NFL start instead of the guy that will be making his third tomorrow since Richardson is not going to play. Yeah, and and I, I, clearly, you know, you, you look at – I think everybody knew what he wasn't going to play. But still, Minshew, they have him, and everyone has said – you've seen him up close and personal. Uh, once the deal was made and the announcement was made, I think there was a sigh of relief knowing that you had a really capable backup that you could use in a, in a variety of different ways – uh, as Anthony Richardson starts to um, win, wind his way through uh, the maturation process of being an NFL quarterback. And I think it's especially important on a day like tomorrow, weather being uh, one of the factors in this game. Yeah, Gardner's signing has been a huge success already on multiple levels. One, the obvious, is that you know, he's seemingly a really good guy, and, and, and players tend to flock to him. And having a younger guy that can follow his lead is huge. Two, knowing a Shane Steichen offense from his last two seasons in Philadelphia. Yeah. And obviously the, the differences in Gardner's a quarterback versus Jalen Hurts, you know, kind of very well translates to, you know, what you're going to see here with Anthony Richardson, I think, over the course of the season. Um, I also think, simply put, that Gardner's probably one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the National Football League. You know, and I talked about this last week in the postgame show. My be- my guess is is that Gardner will be the backup here this year, and he'll be someplace else next year. And that's not anything mm. that's damning of him. Mm-hmm. It's the exact mm-hmm. opposite. I think, frankly, he's going to be starting for somebody else next year. Somebody will give him a chance to be a starting quarterback. And so, you know, when, when you have a quarterback that you know is going to run, you simply have to have a better backup because you open that quarterback up for more injury risk. Right. We have now seen that right. the, the first two games. The flip side of that is, Bob, if you ask Anthony Richardson to not run the ball as much, you're mm. taking away a key component of what makes him a guy you want to play out there in the National Football League. So I think the simple truth of the matter is, I'm, I think the Colts knew going into the season, they hoped Anthony Richardson would start all 17 games. But they probably knew it wasn't likely. So you had to have a guy that was ready to go in Gardner Minshew for situations exactly like this one, which is why I do think the Colts have a shot to win in Baltimore against one of the better teams on their schedule all season long. 
See, I'm with you. You drafted Anthony Richardson for a lot of different reasons, not the least of which is his ability to make plays with his arm or with his feet. Uh, and now you want to you, you tell me that you want to go to him and say, hey, look, we'd like for you not to do some of these things, which is right. you know, uh, contrary to how he plays. What you're trying to do is put him in a position where he just reacts and does what comes naturally. And by doing that, he puts himself at risk. But quite frankly, you're always at risk as an NFL quarterback. And, and I frankly think it is also the nature of the position now that yeah. you're, you, you, there's on multiple levels the guys coming out now are not the next Tom Brady or next Peyton Manning, okay? But I, but I honestly think there is less of a, of a thought of, hey, because you drafted the guy in the first round, he's your guy for the next 10 or 15 years. I just don't know if that's the case anymore because, again, you are asking for so much more mobility out of the quarterback mm-hmm. position than there ever had been, say, up to the last five or six years. And so maybe maybe the guy that, that is, a, to some degree, a, a standard, and obviously the hope is that maybe even surpassed it here, but think about Cam Newton. You know, Cam Newton's effectiveness as an NFL right. quarterback right. really lasted about 10 or 11 years. And so that is probably the time frame. If you get anything close to that or above that, you're playing with house money if you're the Indianapolis Colts. See, and I think that's a great ana- a, a great analogy of Cam Newton. It, you, it's exactly what you're talking about. And uh, listen, when he was playing well, they were really, really good. I think everybody understands right. that. You know, playing for championships, and and I think uh, along that same line, if you can get that type of performance out of Anthony Richardson, yeah, you, you're going to win a lot of, a lot of football games. I don't think there's any question. And there, and there are some there are some lessons to be learned in terms of trying to lessen, um, you know, the, the the hits that a quarterback will take. Right. I get that, but the two the the two plays that he was trying to make in the first two games that that ended his game prematurely, one in the last minute, one early in the second quarter, he's going for the end zone both times. He reached the end yeah. zone on 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 yeah. the second one. So this this is not a matter of hey the quarterback's got to slide or hey you, you, you've <laughs> got to let the, the play develop. No, when Anthony mm-hmm. moves in the backfield, he's going through his progressions. But again, what makes him special is that there are a few that match his size, his speed, his playmaking. And if you're going to get hurt in a play, do it on one or you're going for a touchdown, as was the case in the last couple of weeks. You good to stay with me through this uh, scoreboard update? Absolutely. Greg Regstraw and I will come back, talk about the Colts and their matchup with Baltimore after the scoreboard update on Indiana Sports Talk. It has gone final in South Bend, potentially. The play is under review. Notre Dame, Ohio State's. A chaotic ending right now. It's a touchdown call for Ohio State with zeros on the clock. Trip Trayonum, a one-yard touchdown run. As time expired, it would put Notre Dame up sixteen to four, or Ohio State up sixteen to fourteen. They're trying to review to see if his knee was down prior. To the ball crossing the plane, and it does not look good. It was a 15-play drive for Ohio State. A couple big plays on this drive. On fourth and seven, Kyle McCourt connected with Julian Fleming for seven yards. 
That was enough for the first down. Third and 19. Notre Dame left. Emeka Abuka wide open down the seam of the field. Kyle McCord found him. That was on Notre Dame's 22. They connected for 21 yards. Kyle McCord attempted two passes from the one-yard line or attempted one pass in the direction of Marvin Harrison Jr. It was incomplete, and with three seconds to go, Chip Trayonum looks like to have the game-winning touchdown for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Notre Dame will fall to 4-1. and one. Once this has gone final, Ohio State will improve to 4-0. and oh. And in Bloomington right now, the Indiana Hoosiers lead the Akron Zips 17-10 after a field goal on their last drive. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Greg Rakestraw rejoins us, part of the Colts Radio Network, and their preseason play-by-play guy on the TV broadcast. You heard Eddie's report on the Notre Dame game. <laughs> Notre Dame Nation's collective heads are going to explode, Greg. I uh, know I'm, I'm not watching the game, but clearly as soon as I heard they talking about it, I went to Twitter to kind of see the immediate reaction and uh, <laughs> potentially an opportunity missed by the Irish tonight, it certainly sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Colts, uh, Baltimore coming up tomorrow. What have you learned? You've seen them, been up close and personal after these two ball games. What observations do you have, positive, negative, about two weeks into this season? You know, I think the Colts defensively are pretty solid. There are obviously concerns at cornerback, and they knew that going in. Uh, Dallas Flowers, I think, has the athleticism. is just learning on the job. You know, Daryl Baker's a, a guy that, in one sense, is a placeholder, but he's been the best cornerback they've had on the outside because Juju Brents has simply not been healthy. Uh, the second-round pick out of K-State and obviously Warren Central before that. Kenny Moore has been a difference maker at Nickelback. He has played – much more like the player from 2017 through 2021 than the guy that we saw last year. The Colts' best spot on the team is defensive tackle because Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner can both really play. They've been effective in the pass rush. Now, tomorrow is a different type of game. When you play Lamar Jackson, you are less concerned with the pass rush and more concerned with simply limiting his ability to make big plays out of the backfield. So, you know, the sack stats aren't going to be what they were, you know, frankly, the first couple of weeks. Uh, A couple of Trevor Lawrence and six last week, you know, uh, against C.J. Stroud. Linebacker play has been tremendous. Zaire Franklin may have a million tackles, give or take a couple, uh, by the end of the year. I think he's got 31 wow. through the first two games of the season. You know, you know, Shaquille Leonard has not looked as dynamic, but he's looked solid. And, and because of other playmakers around him, that's okay. And EJ Speed, I think, is following the footsteps of Zaire Franklin. He's in year number five. They're finding more ways to get him on the field because he's simply a good football player. So, defensively, mm-hmm. I think this mm-hmm. team is pretty good. Obviously, against the pass, you have a little concern. But but when you're playing the Ravens, it's stop the run first. Yes, they can make some big plays in the passing game, but it's stop the run first. And, again, given the expected weather conditions tomorrow, I, I think this shapes up as, as a couple of battering rams going at it. And then we'll kind of see how it plays out. Be a huge win if they can get it for this young group. I think it'd be, uh, you know, w- one of those that uh, provides them quite a uh, quite a lift. To be honest, as they, you know, uh, get ready for a couple in a row at home against the Rams and against Tennessee. 
I would say this. It's kind of a house money game. If you get it, great. Uh, this is probably not one, you know, we right. as fans and we as media, you know, we take the highlight of the schedule when it comes out in May every year, win-loss, win-loss. Players don't do that. <laughs> That's not, it's not right. the way the coaches think. It's not the way right. the players think. But in their heart of hearts, you would probably say, all right, you know this is one of the tougher games you've got all year. And, again, it's not an overly daunting schedule for the Colts. This is one of the tougher games you have. But, Bob, to mm-hmm. your point mm-hmm. – for the next five are at home. And so if you yeah. can, if you can go in and kind of steal this one and have that momentum coming back, we're going to have to leave the state one time right. in the next five Sundays, then maybe this can be a team that surprises everybody uh, by what they could do by the time the next month would be about to flip. All right. How was dinner? Dinner good? Dinner was tremendous. So tonight is, is my wife's birthday. So I was lucky enough. Tell Amy happy birthday and apologize for me stealing you from her. I've been around her all day. So she's like, go talk to Bob for 30 minutes. The world's better (laughs) off if if that happens. So so Mia had not one but two choir performances today. So dinner was Amy, Mia, and myself at Harry and Izzy's. So thanks for putting Ah. up with my delay in calling the show tonight. Not not for, for you. We make certain concessions. <laughs> and let me tell you this, Bob. Last, you were so kind about you know complimenting us for going to Washington last night for high school football. You know what was super cool about that? I got to listen to Indiana Sports Talk for the last 75 minutes of the show on the way home. That I'm, was sorry. Cool <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for you. At least you didn't crash your car. Greg, I've got to run. Have fun tomorrow. Thanks for doing this. See you, pal. Welcome back. All right, Eddie, tell me about this Notre Dame game again. We got everything's calmed down a little bit. Did that, the touchdown stand? It did stand. Uh, they put a second on the clock. Uh, Ohio State kicked off, went out of bounds, and then uh, Notre Dame tried the lateral play, did not work out. So 17 14, final score. Ohio State uh, knocks off Notre Dame. Ooh. That's a hard one. Uh, that's a that's a tough one. So uh, yikes! Couldn't get a stop on the on the final drive. Could they? It's one of those happens a lot. Couldn't get the stop that they needed. No, and uh, there was a play earlier in that drive. Kyle McCord attempted a pass over the middle of the field. I think it was to their tight end, Cade Stover, and it hit uh, one of the defensive backs for Notre Dame um, right right in the hands and he just dropped it right through the middle of his hand so mm. would have been mm. game sealing mm. at that point but uh three plays later ohio state was at their one yard line so uh, a couple uh, head scratching decisions from uh, marcus freeman and company in the fourth quarter wow that's not good i'm sure twitter's just blowing up quite frankly in this day and age um Understand. I mean, you've got a chance now. You're you're there. You're at home. Uh, you you've got this thing. You you got you've got the game. If you can make, if you can get a stop, you win the game. Um, easier said than done, obviously. But if you can get a big stop, you can win the game. You can win. It's a huge win if you can get it. Yeah, it's a huge win, and it's. I mean, this is a matter of inches to the running back for Ohio State. He was starting to go down, and the football was about at the half-inch line, and uh, he was able to fall forward just enough, get the nose of the football across the white line for the Mm. touchdown. Mm -hmm. Notre Dame just 
couldn't get a stop defensively at the end when they needed it when they needed to. All right, uh, are you going to win or not? Uh, they're tied at 17 right now. Akron just scored on a big 71-yard run. So uh, Indiana has oh the football, and I think they have it. Yep, they have it at their own 14-yard line uh, with about 320 left. You give up a 71-yard touchdown run. Oh, my. I try not to be critical, but I – I scratch my head, and I, I'm, I'm over listening to people talk talk to me about, oh, you know, Mac schools and this. Look, I, I look at it from an administrator standpoint. You have millions of dollars in your budget, and they don't. Uh, you know, so in, in my estimation, if you're a Big Ten team, um, I wouldn't say you should never lose to a Mac school, but I would say that. Those should be infrequent. And Taven Jackson just got sacked on second and 10, so now it's third and 18 from their own six-yard line. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And Akron has tied the game, correct? Uh, Yes, they tied it on a uh, 61-yard touchdown run. Or 71, 71. Oh, man, oh, man. 71 yards. All right. All right, Eddie. Thank you so much for the update. Eddie's coming up with a scoreboard update. Notre Dame loses literally at the end. IU and Akron are tied. We'll come back and talk more football after this scoreboard update on Indiana Sports Talk.